BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Can you it's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. Ah, yes. It is the October 15th edition of the show it is the week seven college football reaction and recap show uh i'm your host gary secrets you can follow me on instagram and tiktok at gary wce uh, the show is on twitter at winning cures you can go over there if you would like to talk to me there uh lots to get into from the week that was in college football and it was an interesting week uh we're only going to talk about four games we're going to recap every conference we're going to just go through the whole gambit uh but yeah, the guy that is uh, to the right of me on your screen, that would be one Matt Huey. Matt, tell them where they can find you. Tell you what, or tell them what you're about. All that good stuff. And uh, yeah, let them know where they can find you on the socials. So, I'm physical therapist by trade or nature or whatever you want to call that. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and here on YouTube at Strong and Healthy Rehab on all those socials. Just discussing things about healthcare. So it's of course it's good to stay you know, healthy so we can watch as much football as possible. So that's always good. You have certainly got that right. You have certainly got that right. Uh, weird injuries and whatnot going on. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, but let me tell you, it's, it's guys that are not, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not telling us when guys are out. So we don't know mm. the severity of some of these quarterback injuries and whatnot. I know Washington state had a bunch of guys out uh, and they just got, demolished by Arizona. Jed Fish has got that thing rolling. We're not going to talk a bunch of Pac-12 today, but we will be talking some. I know that's been a theme of the show. (laughs) Uh, But we do have a lot to to discuss today. First, let me tell you, if you want to support the show, there is a membership thing on... I, I just turned it on. So I don't I don't know what is going on. What I'm going to do try and... Or I'm going to try and do some members-only stuff on there. Um, but yeah, if you would like to join, 
think it's like two ninety nine or something. You can do that. It, it'll give you some kind of thing in the chat or something. I don't know. I don't know. If you would like to support the show, you can do that. Or you can go over to buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. I am posting my projections uh, early every week so that you can see exactly what my year-long model says for these games. What I predict that the number is going to be, or at least what my numbers say that the that the total and whatever else is going to be. So if you would like to do that, buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. If you want to follow all of my plays each week, Telegram. Uh, if you if you only follow the BetUS show, which I'll tell you about that here in a second, uh, did not do so well yesterday. However, if you had taken the ones that I gave you yesterday on the Telegram, uh, would have been in a little bit better place because we had UNLV, we had Miami of Ohio, et cetera, on there. So Telegram, very easy. Go to your browser on your phone, t.me slash GaryWCE. Uh, what else have we got? Three Dog Thursday. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Central Time, going to be right here on this channel, TJ Reeves and uh, a cavalcade of guests that he brings in. So TJ, of course, the uh, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, of course, the BetUS College Football Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, make sure that you hop in over there. I see John Paul Bacon is already in. He said, go Seahawks. Uh, and Packer910 jumped in and said, let's go. Hey, let's go. Let's go on and hit it. Let's jump in. We're going to start off as we do each Sunday with our weekly Heisman guys. Um, Huey, what a tell me there were some weird there were some weird things right from the Heisman numbers. Uh, th there were some guys that didn't fully stand out. There wasn't anybody in like a massive game. Like Michael Penix yeah. had good numbers for Washington, and we're going to talk about that game in a minute. But it he wasn't the one that I was super impressed with i've got a wide receiver and a quarterback here that i'm going to talk about but it, tell me tell me who you got on your list here who have you got i got bo Nix. he I, did look good in, in loss he, but he did look good <laughs> he's looked solid all year i mean he threw no interceptions two touchdowns he, he's looking good and and i'm wondering is the loss going to affect him in it but we had RG3 who won it years ago with what he was like eight and four, or he had several. No, I think it was nine and three. He had that nine big win okay. over Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he had the, the big wins in it, but I mean, how much they're talking about him. And he did. He just, he looked really good. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he lost that game. And I also don't, don't haven't really seen that he has like a bad game. Oh, that like was, that, it was a, a perfect game. Look, Oregon. Okay, and we'll we will talk more about it here in a minute. But Oregon did outgain Washington by a lot, yeah. um, and it's not crazy to think that Oregon could win a rematch at a neutral site. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. But the schedules for those two were bananas. So it's it's not like it's not like Bo Nix is completely out of this thing. But you know, it it certainly doesn't help things to have a loss here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, but I do think the loss knocked uh, Caleb Williams out. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, he just, he was, he was plus 260 to win the yeah. high in, and this morning he is 22 to one. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it, yeah, watching that game, I was like, ah, oh, I, I, I don't, I think they'll use this to be like, nope, he's not going to be the two. I mean, they were talking about it in the game. I was like, they're going to take this. I mean, unless like he came back at the end and like, you know, five touchdowns in three minutes or something like that, you know, oh, it was just bad. It was oh, bad, yeah. but it we'll, bad. we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, let me tell you the first guy that I have on my list today. And 
I I did not get a good pronunciation of his name because I did not go back and listen to highlights because I watched the game on mute on Friday night. But that was Stanford wide receiver Elick A.O. Manor, A.O. Manor, whatever. The wide receiver that caught 13 passes for 294 yards and three touchdowns against Colorado and did a good bit of that work against Travis Hunter, who was Mm -hmm. absolutely worked in that game. He was tired, and you could tell it. For him to come back that quick after, what was it, a liver injury? Yes. Like, that seemed, and the game, of course, Colorado plays in altitude. Why would you play him that much in that game? That did Mm -hmm. not make any sense to me. So, yeah, it's one thing to have Travis Hunter out there. It's something else to have, like, a healthy body out there. And he took so, another hard shot too. Oh, in in like absurd. he took a, a like oh like <laughs> but I don't want to make excuse like I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on Travis Hunter. This mm-hmm. kid was awesome. That catch yeah. that he made uh in that second overtime where he reached behind him and grabbed yes. the ball. It I had memories of Tyrone Prothrow. Yes, I was about to say that. I was about to say oh. I was like he's gonna talk about Prothrow. Oh yes. That catch. Oh yes. <laughs> how many pictures? Okay, how many pictures do you have of him hope with that catch? Uh, I've only got one. Oh, only okay, got one. so it's at my office, but it's there. <laughs> I love that. I also have uh, the the two thousand six uh, or no two thousand five Rocky stop, right? The the one where oh. Tennessee's going into the end zone to to win the game, and you know Roman Harper gets that hit on or helmet on the hat or hat on the ball, whatever you call it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got that one printed out. If you go to Alabama, you just need to do one play and you are a celebrity famous for the oh, yes. rest of your life. You will have to be a big one though. It has to be a big one. Gotta I like good. the guy 77 that stopped Penn state in that national championship game. Dude wrote a book. Oh yeah. On about one play. It a hundred percent. I've got, uh, I, it's on my dad. There's uh, and I cannot remember da, 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 da. It doesn't have the thing on it. There's a, a company that prints out like the chalk plays from like big moments in games or whatever. I'll have to go back and find it. Uh, but these guys are fantastic. And I, I printed or I got one for my dad because they they sell you the print <laughs> and the frame to go with it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I got one for my dad of that Alabama Penn State uh, 78 Sugar Bowl or 79 yeah. Sugar Bowl, whatever it was. Yeah. At one of his prized possessions. So. <laughs> But that's the truth. You get one play at Alabama, and there you well, go. Uh, yeah. But for Stanford, oh yeah, yeah. That that was a twenty-nine to nothing at the half, mm-hmm. and come back and win the game forty-six forty-three. If you're Colorado, you got to be pretty upset about this. Yeah. Uh, did you have another one for your for your Heisman guys? I I was thinking Penix. Now now I will say one thing. I want I'm going to try to do this, and I, I'm a, I'm going to buckle down and do it. I'm going to try to find the top offensive lineman. Oh, I like this. For the week. Because when an offensive lineman wins the Heisman, that's when it really means something. <laughs> we really need to, to push that because, again, it, I mean, Orlando Pace was a 98, 97 or so. I like think he, he was, was like 95 or 96. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're a little earlier. Okay. It, it's like we got to find an offensive lineman that we really got to try to push every year to like. I, I could see this. For those that don't know, Huey played offensive line. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, we got to push the uh, we got to push the offensive line. But I'm a fan of that. I like that idea. Uh, the other guy, of course, I mean, I went I went back to the quarterback route. 
but I like your thinking on the offensive line. Uh, TCU quarterback, freshman quarterback, Josh Hoover against BYU yesterday. Again, I said it on, on the Winning Cures Everything pick show last week that the TCU-BYU line made zero sense. With TCU with a backup quarterback and all of the numbers from the season already would have had BYU favored in that game and somehow TCU was favored by a touchdown, it made no sense. So, of course, the line stank and you got to go TCU here. And they demolished BYU. 44-11, to 11, I think is what the final was. Uh, Josh Hoover is the kid's name. Backup quarterback, I think he was third string at one point. Uh, this kid, 37 out of 58, 439 yards, four touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. But they let him throw that ball 58 times. Like, as a backup. Obviously, they trust the kid. Why has he not been playing all year? Like, he was significantly better than Chandler Morris has been. So, I, I think this may be his job. Uh, to lose because like he destroyed BYU 439 in the air, four touchdowns, 37 out of 58. Not bad, not bad for your first start. So I will, I will give another weekly Heisman to uh, to Mr. Josh Hoover on that one. You uh, you ready to hop into CFP? Oh yeah, top four. So oh, yeah. there's only there's only eight undefeated teams left right now. We're we're mm. getting into week eight. And there's only eight undefeated teams. So uh, let's go on and write down the times, of course. I will let me go on and tell you mine. So I moved Michigan up to number one. I don't care that they haven't played anybody, they have destroyed everybody that they have played. There have been they were a little slow with Indiana. A little slow at the beginning. In the beginning. But and my God, they, when, you can go down seven to nothing if you come back and hang 52 on the board. <laughs> I think it's perfectly fine in yeah. that instance. Uh, they they look incredible right now. Absolutely yes. incredible. Who uh, who do you have for number one right now? I'm keeping Georgia. Keeping Georgia? Right Man, I dropped Georgia completely out of my top four. I know Georgia fans are not going to be happy about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> worried about Bowers right now because he was a big weapon for them. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's that a, yeah, ankle, the ankle injury is a, a big yeah. deal. And that he ooh, he's gonna be limited in that. And um did you yeah, see the play? I, I did when he rolled up on it and I saw I was like, okay, he didn't break it, it didn't look his leg, and him he, he got up and walked. But I was like, ah, that's an ankle, that's an ankle right there, and you're gonna lose what this thing is uh it's called proprioception, so it's kind of like your awareness in space. Okay. So when you have an injury, you kind of can lose some of that. So, you know, he's probably going to be pretty limited. I mean, he, I don't, I'm going to be questioned if he plays next week. And well, I mean, so they got a bye week coming up uh, because they've got Florida the week after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I think if he, okay. So two weeks, it looks like he's going to come, you know, he could possibly come back. You're going to do some rehab. You're going to come back. But, I mean, you're, he's probably going to be pretty limited in it. He probably won't be able to cut as hard. Would, would that be one of those? Is that an injury that he can? Is he going to hurt it worse by playing, or no. would it be better for him to like sit out an additional week and maybe miss the Florida game so that he's prepped up and ready to go for the end of the season? So there's this talk about okay, so when uh, Beckham tore uh, tore his ACL, same side that he injured an ankle on. 
And so they think, so people speculated and said like, well, you lose this thing called proprioception. And so like your awareness and it's like, hey, kind of crazy that he injured that same side with an ACL. But of course, football, you can have a freak injury. You land, somebody hits you, something like that. So, I mean, really the thing is probably, I mean, it's good to get a week off in it. And I mean, if it's long, like he'll probably suck it up and be, pretty you know he probably won't be like spectacular or anything like that but i mean you get to this point he's probably just gonna just will it through the end but i, I don't think it'll get worse i don't think it worse i mean he may not be he probably won't have the cutting ability and the juking a bit like the speed he, he may not have that i mean maybe you bring him out but, just as a decoy yeah and that's a that's a possibility just don't ask him to do anything yes. too crazy. Yeah, you don't right? don't carry the team. Don't do the, I mean if he's open hitting him or just like I, he's just gonna pull the defense over here. Yeah. Totally possible. Okay. Very interesting. So you got Georgia one, I got Michigan one. Um number two, I've got Florida State still. I think the wins matter. I know that some of these games they've gotten out to slow starts, but they just destroyed Syracuse uh 41 to three yesterday. Uh yeah I, I still like Florida State. I think I think they could kind of I don't want to say they could sleepwalk, um, but they they wouldn't have to play their top game until they get to the ACC championship game. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. Is that uh, who who have you got number two? I got Michigan. Michigan two. Okay, okay. I'm going to write all the years down so that I can keep up with, <laughs> with what's going on. All right, Michigan two makes sense. I mean, that's my number one. So uh, number three for me. I got Oklahoma up there. I think the win over Texas is impressive. Uh, Oklahoma was off this week, so eh, you know is what it is. Uh, but who who do you have in at number three? So I got Florida State. They okay. look really really good. I mean, they we're look, in the same order right now. It's just yes. you've got Georgia at one. Just yeah. Now I I have a thing about Oklahoma right now. I got them outside of the top four, but. I feel like they are a team through some way, somehow will by either other teams losing, will just inch their just way up. up. Yes. I, I, I just think that they would just work their way up. Got a pretty good schedule. I, I just, when, when I see it, I'm like, mm, that I, Oklahoma I, schedule I, is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I, that's how I feel. Like they just, they have a very, they have a very good manageable schedule. If they keep playing well and other things happen, they will just work their way up, up, up. So makes sense. Makes that, sense. I, I just feel like that's going to happen with them. All right. And then my number four team, I have got Washington. Yep. Is that how you got it at number four now? I, I, I have Washington four. I want Washington there. I want them in the top four. But I hope that it's just not a letdown after this game. I, I don't. Well, both of these teams have. You know what? Let's go on and get it. Well, here, here, here are the remaining teams that are undefeated. We'll go on through that. Um, Ohio State, Penn State, and North Carolina did not make either of our top fours, and they are uh, the only undefeated teams that are left right now. So, uh, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington for Huey. I've got Michigan, Florida State, Oklahoma, Washington. And then, of course, you got Ohio State, Penn State, and North Carolina. 
that are just kind of like North Carolina. I, I, I like them, but I'm, but I, I watched them last, last night, night and I was like, Oh, I don't think they're, I a mean, top there's still holes team. in their defense for sure. And there's yeah. <laughs> LFG jumping in. He said, uh, uh, I like it. He said, I did. I like it. Yeah, I do. I, we've got people in the, uh, in the bet us show that are wanting to make, uh, Gary shirts that just say, I like it <laughs> because that's apparently my catchphrase. You know how sometimes you come into uh, you come into <laughs> phrases, things that you say all the time that you don't realize yeah. that you're saying. Apparently, I like it has been my thing. We'll figure it out. I'm certain, but it's always good like that other people recognize it. You need other people to recognize because if you try to come up with your own, it's it's horrible. Oh yeah, but let other people recognize. It's dumb. It. It's very very dumb. Very dumb. <laughs> all right, now that we are you know 19 minutes into this thing, let's go on and talk about some of the games. And we will start off here with Washington and Oregon. And good gracious. Um, here, change that around and toss this on the screen. 36-33, Washington gets the win over the Oregon Ducks. And it, it really looked like Oregon was going to get this win. And man, the end of this game felt exactly like last season. Oregon goes forward on fourth down. They don't get it to give Washington the ball back. Washington comes back down the field because Michael Penix is a wizard in the pocket. Uh, 22 out of 37 for Penix, 302 yards, passing four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Dylan Johnson, Mississippi State transfer, does big things running the ball. Of course, uh, you know, their they're starting running back is out for the rest of the day, you know, whatever. They're out for a long time. So Dylan Johnson, 20 carries. 100 yards rushing and one touchdown. So Washington did have a bit of a running game. That was good. On the other side, Bo Nix. I mean, Huey, you brought him up. 33 out of 44, 337, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Had a clean, clean game. And, you know, Bucky Irving, 22 carries, 127 yards rushing, one touchdown. James Jordan, 11 carries, 63 yards rushing with one touchdown. And Bo Nix, uh, seven attempts for 14 yards. If you look at the stats on the screen, Outgained Washington by nearly 130 yards. They and the majority of it was rushing yards. I mean, they just they had an awesome time rushing the ball. The problem that you see, of course, Oregon 10 out of 16 on third down. Washington was five of 11. The fourth downs, 0 of three on fourth down. The yeah, the the issue, the issue here. Uh, 84 plays to 61. I mean that's that's wild. Uh, <laughs> like it was, it was definitely crazy. Oregon, it kind of felt like should have won the game, mm-hmm. and they didn't capitalize on it. So when you go three of five in the red zone as opposed to three of four, when you go zero of three on fourth down, and it costs you multiple drives and points, that's an issue. Uh, the fourth down decisions. Do we do we agree with Lanning going for? Fourth down. So the two big ones to me were the end of the first half. Uh, obviously, could have kicked a field goal there very easily. I think you left points off the board, and the one at the end of the game with however many minutes left it was, where you gave Washington the ball back with fifty some odd yards to go, as opposed to kicking it deep and making them go eighty when they had not done very well in the second half at all, aside from that opening drive of the second or uh, third quarter. So what what do you think about the fourth down decisions here? I think that first one, you you just gotta get the points. You know, like this is gonna be a fight. Just get 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 your get your points. I think it, it. so. I think going for it on fourth down when you are that close to the end zone, 
Mm-hmm. I think, and it, there's something to be said for being aggressive and understanding, hey, I'm going to need points to win this game, so are we going to get this close again? The other side of it is, I think when you're that close to the end zone, it makes more sense to go for it when there's actually time left. Because like, if your defense has been playing really, really well, you that flips field position, but it doesn't matter when there's like three seconds left because you're not going to get the ball back from that. So the field position aspect of it doesn't matter. I, leaving the field goal off the board, I think, was a really, really big mistake, especially in a game where you lose by three points, right? Yep. So, yeah, the one in the second half, what do you think about this one? Like, I, I don't think I have a problem with him going for it. No, I mean, I could really see as well, like you said, this is a big game. They're going it, to, it, it's two heavyweights just duking it out. You, you know, like this is going to be a battle and it's, it's not like you're trying to sneak and just, you know, get trick plays and stuff like that. Like we got to go for it, but they're both going to be amped up for it. And any other time they may have gotten it. Yes. But I mean, really, I would have felt like early on, like just get your points. Like we, we know this could go just get, get points, get points, get points. But then later, like, yeah. They're going to have to go down the field quite a way, or what? I I think there is something about the idea of making Washington go the length of the field. Yeah. To score a touchdown to beat you. But also, you know that they are fully capable of doing that. I mean, we saw the stats. Uh, Romo Dunze, eight receptions, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Polk, 118 yards receiving on six catches for one touchdown. You had uh, uh, Giles Jackson. 58 yards receiving. Like, you you know they got weapons. You know they got weapons. Um, but you've also got weapons. Troy Franklin, eight catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Tez Johnson, seven receptions, 71 yards. Bucky Irving caught six for 34. You know, they got dudes. So, fourth down, short, you got a chance to keep the football completely away from them. I kind of get that, too. And if, if you've been aggressive, then why not continue to be aggressive? Mm-hmm. And I think also, that's kind of, you know, I, yeah, I don't and, think I have an issue with that one. And then like in the first half, if you get the points, do you change their game plan for the second half? Because exactly. it's a little closer game. So so maybe if we, if we do get these three points, okay. I mean, wh- what was it? It's uh, 18 to 22. So 20, it have been 21, 22. Do, does that possibly change their game plan when they come back out in the second half? Or, or in that position where you're only up by four yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, so, so does, it, does it possibly change <laughs> up what they're going to come out and do? I mean, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty on this stuff as well. Yes, know. but it, it changes it changes a lot. Uh, and as you can see, I mean, this game was back and forth, yeah. back and forth, back and forth, and home field advantage ultimately won out. Uh, that's the way it goes. But, man, this you see the expected points on the screen here. Just wild. For Oregon, uh, plus 24.89. Like, that is, that's huge. EPA per play, 91st percentile for Oregon, 90th for Washington. Uh, these were two incredibly good offenses. Uh, neither of the, like, the defenses were were good on, on run stuff and whatnot, but, like, not great. The purple isn't good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, Oregon was not great in the red zone. That sucks. 36% success rate in the red zone. Uh, Washington, 57th, uh, or 57 percentile. That's 78th. Like, this was 
this was a wild, wild ball game that it really, man, it felt like Oregon was the better football team. Oh, it uh, did. But but hey, I mean, Washington was at home, and sometimes them's the breaks. That's the way it goes. And so, it's good that this team, they, this game didn't disappoint either. Oh, yes. God, it lived up to the hype. It was so good. It felt like every moment was just mm -hmm. tense. Yeah, oh, I thought it was just, awesome. And I mean, if they had hit that field goal at the end, I was like, that that would have just been just yeah, perfect. That's, of course, oh. this game's going to go to an overtime, and we're going to we're going to get more football. Going to get more football. We'll move along. We'll head over to uh, well, an independent. We're going to South Bend on this one, and we'll pull it up on the screen so you can see it. Although, I don't know how much we need to spend on this because Ooh. I mean, my God, it was a blowout. I mean, it was, yes, <laughs> it was 24 to six at the half. Oh, Notre Dame man. 48, Southern Cal 20. Uh, this was just brutal. And USC did the one thing that you couldn't do to or for Notre Dame's offense, right? And that is you gave them short fields because they got a touchdown, three plays, 12 yards. They got a field goal, eight plays, 46 yards, a touchdown, one play, two yards. Touchdown, five plays, 50 yards. This one is the longest drive of the game for them. Six plays, 68 yards. Uh, and then they got another field goal on a four-play, nine-yard. Like, it had a kick return. It had all kind of stuff. You see the drives for USC over here on the left? Oh. Interception, punt, field goal, downs, interception, interception, field goal, punt, touchdown in the third quarter, punt, touchdown, and then downs, fumble, fumble. Uh, it's going to kill you every time. Yeah. It, USC like, just did not look like that top five team. Do you see the, the defensive points off turnover? <laughs> oh, it was. It's the difference in the game. It, it was. <laughs> 28 just, It was ridiculous. Just watching like, holy cow. It I Ooh. I swear Notre Dame must have had this game circled all year. Like, we're no matter what, we're going to come out. They were ready. The, the, yeah, and Notre Dame were, looked like a top up. five team. Like it, I do wonder if that was because of how bad they looked last week. Yeah, or they got to come home, or the fact that they were playing weaker competition. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, was, which is weird. Ugh. I was like, this is the same team that lost to Louisville last week and didn't look this good, and now they're coming out smoking USC. I mean, it's just. It, it was it was a beating, and, and USC actually outgained them. Like that's the crazy thing. Notre Dame put up forty eight forty eight points here. Uh, they only ran forty nine plays, so they basically scored about a point a play. They only had two hundred and fifty one yards of total offense. USC gave them the ball game. Yeah, they just kept. It's bad. Yeah, interception, fumbles. It was like holy cow. Uh, Caleb Williams was 23 out of 37 for 199 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Uh, the Russian guys, you know, Marshawn Lloyd from the uh, South Carolina transfer, eight for 46. He had a long of 31. Uh, Aaron Jones, 11 attempts for 27 yards. So they ran the ball 37 times. Um, so perfect balance, I guess you could say, between 37 passes and 37 rushes. But man, uh, Audric Estime was able to find his groove, 22 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Sam Hartman didn't have to do much. 
13 out of 20 passing, 126 yards, two touchdowns? Sure. Why yeah. not? I mean, this was – there's not a lot to say about this. Like, USC – I feel something is wrong with USC to me. The body language is off. They don't look great. And, like, they just don't – they don't look like they enjoy playing with each other. Yeah, they didn't have that, like – that cockiness and swagger that USC they expect was, out of USC. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. There was no, it was just like, can we just get through this? And let me mm -hmm. tell you, it's not like it gets easier. No. Because they host Utah this week. And Utah may not be the, the Utah that's like Pac-12 champion, whatever Utah. But boy, that defense is still nasty. It don't matter who they they could have third stringers out there and they are going to come for your head. Mm -hmm. So, like Kyle Whittingham teams are notorious for just wanting to beat you up, and they got that coming in a week after Notre Dame just kind of just kind of walloped them. I I don't know what to make of this. Like I, I somebody in the chat did say uh, USC is going to have at least uh, three or four losses. Yeah, and oh yeah, uh, Packer nine ten USC going to catch three or more uh, three or four more L's. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah I kind of had that feeling all season about USA. I'm like, I, they're good. I they're gonna fumble it up somehow, or, and I, I, this could be the thing that they just kind of just fall off. Yeah, it's totally possible. It's totally possible. That's a, whew, that was rough. The um, here we'll pull it up on the screen. I hope it loads up pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, the win probability never changed. Never changed. It went to USC for a little bit on like play number four in the game. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's all the way up here for the rest of the ball game. It was uh, by the end of the game, USC by play number 73, they were negative 26.77 uh, EPA. I mean, it's brutal, just brutal. So we, uh, we don't have to spend too much more time on that. Why on earth would we talk about, uh, a two-loss Notre Dame team and a and a team in USC that obviously just does not care. We'll say that. So let's talk about a bunch that did care yesterday, and that would be the Tennessee Volunteers, a 20-13 to 13 win over Texas A&M inside Neyland Stadium. They look pretty good. Josh Heupel and this team run differently this year than they have in mm -hmm. other seasons because they this A&M defense is ripe for the picking, my brother. You saw it against Alabama. You saw it against Miami. But Tennessee has a quarterback that cannot hit open receivers. He just can't do it. And I, let me tell you, we're going to pull this up on the screen. Um, there is one. Let me complain about Tennessee only giving the statbroadcast.com stuff to credentialed media members that are like that are going to the game. I use stat broadcast every week, and Tennessee is one of the only ones that requires a passcode from credentialed media to be able to access it. It's so infuriating. I think it's because they know who you cheer for. And that must be it. That must be it. It's very frustrating. But either, either way, Joe Milton cannot hit an open receiver to save his life. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I listened to a lot of this yesterday because obviously I've got a newborn at the house. I've got a five-year-old. There's a bunch of moving parts around here. So for me to be able to keep up with stuff, I got to be able to listen. If I want to catch up in real time, I have a Bluetooth that I keep in my ear 
basically all day on Saturdays. And I listen to the Varsity Network. And they do this thing called the College Football Blitz. And there is nothing funnier than listening to the Tennessee play-by-play guys. It's Bob Kessling and, and I forget the other guy's name. But listening to them try and figure out Jimbo Fisher time management at the end of quarters or at the end of halves or whatever, that is the most ridiculous sounding thing I've ever heard because they are just <laughs> flummoxed as to why you wouldn't want to take an opportunity to go and get more points. At the end of the first half, Texas A&M had a chance to call a timeout and save like a minute 15 on the clock to be able to get the ball back and go do something with the ball. A&M was already up 10-7, to 7, and it's like, I know these guys have been watching football for 40-plus years. I mean, these guys have been watching forever. But they are so accustomed to Josh Heupel and other you know fast-paced offenses that want to take every opportunity that they have. And Jimbo Fisher is just, we got a lead. We're going to kneel it out. We're not going to take any risks. <laughs> we ain't giving y'all an opportunity to do that. And it's an old-school mentality. But they were so confused at what Jimbo was doing at the end of the first half. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Joe Milton, my friend, 11 of 22 passing, 100 yards. That's only four and a half yards per attempt. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, and that one interception was in the end zone. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, Tennessee had a chance to kind of put the game away and threw a pick, and this was in the fourth quarter. So just, uh, just is what it is. Jalen Wright and Jabari Small are fantastic running backs. For Tennessee, you can see on the screen here, uh, 19 carries, 136 yards for Wright. Uh, Jabari Small had 12 for 42, but and, and Joe Milton had some runs too. Eight rushes, 34 yards. Uh, good design stuff and some scramble stuff. Jalen Wright, the the zone stuff that they do is really awesome. Like he is such a patient runner. He lets he lets the entire defense get going one way, and then he'll hit a, a hole. And he's got all this running room. It was fantastic what he did. I mean, 136 yards on 19 carries and your long is only 23. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So uh, A&M, I, I thought A&M had the better football players. That's uh, that's what it looked like. They seemed like they had the more talent. And it seemed like uh, A&M, I guess, didn't have the, the quarterback or the coaches. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like Max Johnson had two interceptions. He was 16 to 34, 223, uh, no touchdowns. Uh, he did he did have the only AM touchdown. It was a run, but okay. <laughs> what what were your thoughts on this one? I was I don't know what to think about these two teams. I don't either. I mean, watching it like I feel like Tennessee should have just should should have been beat them worse. And 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 again, That's AM sometimes just you just don't know what they're doing. I I I, 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 it's flummox or flummoxing. I'll say one thing I love is like when the defensive back like like jumps the route so well, and he's sitting there just like, and like he's just standing flat footed, just looking at the ball. For some reason, I just love those picks. Like he's (laughs) that that, he's just standing, and it's like, dang, there is like no one five yards around him just and just catches it and like okay that's nice yeah uh, and it, it was wild yeah and it's i mean with fisher i know the next thing we're talking about with arkansas but like the whole thing with fisher earlier this year like you're not 
like wanting to keep your job like really like let's come out and show that hey there's some of this that makes me think that he is totally fine with hey we're gonna win just enough to not make me look too bad and we're gonna lose really close games but i'm gonna lose enough to where i get this buyout so i don't have to come in here and do this crap anymore yeah that's what it's it's like (laughs) you're not fighting for your job and it's like yes it's insane it's absolutely insane. I, I don't I know Bobby Petrino has got to be just losing his mind. You know? It, it just got to be losing his mind. Uh the pass protection for Texas AM is terrible. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Tennessee has got some some really good guys that know how to rush the passer, mm-hmm. right? Uh that's two straight games that AM's gone up against pretty good defenses that, that really know how to get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But man. Uh, this was just a weird, just a weird overall ball game. It was cloudy and kind of nasty October weather. Like normally, I'll tell you, I've been up there for ball games in October, and it is beautiful. But man, it was just overcast and felt weird, and oh, everything about that game was just strange. Uh, that solar eclipse, I think. I think did some really weird things across the country yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, that was during the eclipse. We got yep. it pretty good here in Texas. We got a like, we, yeah, we it was like a sixty percent in Memphis. Um, yeah, and we, in Knoxville didn't get like a, a crazy one, but still, yeah. across the country, I'm going to blame anything that happened that was weird on the solar eclipse. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it was it was kind of weird to look at as like, oh man, it is it does look really weird out here. Like it felt like mid afternoon at like eleven. Yeah, uh, whatever. It, it, it was, that was it was just strange. weird. It's like, man, somebody closed the blinds up a little bit out here. <laughs> uh, total yards here: uh, Tennessee three thirty-two, A and M two seventy-seven. A uh, and M and Tennessee both were zero of two on fourth down. Uh, Texas A uh, and M was only five of fifteen on third, and Tennessee was seven of fifteen on third down. Um, two turnovers for A and M; uh, those were late, and Tennessee had the one that was the uh, the one going into the end zone. Eh, you know, it is what it is. Like this was a pretty tight ball game, and felt like coaching and maybe a little bit of home field made the difference. Mm. So, is what it is on that one. Uh, last one that we'll talk about, and we don't have to spend long on this because we do want to get to the recaps. Uh, the not the recaps, but the the rapid fire stuff because I want to spend a little more time on some of these other games that happen. Uh, Alabama twenty four, Arkansas twenty one. And no, we're not going to talk about Alabama every week, but this was one of the games that actually went down to the wire. Uh, this, let's pull it up on the screen so you guys can see. KJ Jefferson, 14 out of 24, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he ran the ball 14 times for 26 yards. Jalen Milrow for Alabama. He's 10 of 21, 238, two touchdowns. I mean, it's ridiculous numbers when you only complete 10 passes, but you have 238 yards. I mean, that's stupid. Um, it's the Dink and bomb offense still. And there was a stat by ESPN yesterday that said Jalen Milrow is the first quarterback to have four sacks in five straight games in history. That's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, and I, you can't blame it all on the offensive line um, because I think some of this is him sitting in the backfield too long. Just doing it. Matt, I get so frustrated with this Alabama team. 
I, I had to wear the shirt today because I don't know that I'm going to get a chance to wear it again because this team may not win another ball game. They are so ridiculously undisciplined. Uh, this team got in the victory formation yesterday and had a false start by the running back in the victory formation. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do that. Uh, I do know you can either blame the running back, Jace McClellan, or you could blame the quarterback for not making sure that everybody's set before he snaps the ball. There's all, all kinds of things you could do there. Um, Milro started seven of eight passing and then went one of his next 11. So that was definitely not great, and it allowed Arkansas to get back into the ballgame. Uh, did you see the play where K.J. Jefferson is standing in the pocket and Alabama sends Terrian Arnold, the uh, the cornerback, mm -hmm. on a blitz? And Terrian Arnold hits this man straight up, and K.J. Jefferson doesn't go down. It's almost like the, the cornerback hit a brick wall when he went and he did not get the guy down and it turned into like a 30 yard gain for Arkansas because Arnold came in and hit him and just kind of bounced off of him. And Jefferson just looks out and throws over to the right side of the field and finds a guy that's open for 20, 30, whatever yards that gets him down. Why would you bring a 180 pound soaking wet cornerback on a blitz against a 250-pound quarterback. I mean, the guy's a tank back there. Yes. Just, I, I saw that. I'm like, dang. Like the quarterback <laughs> just threw him off. Didn't he and do that a couple blame, of times? Yeah, you can't blame the, the cornerback for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and there was a couple of times. Didn't they have him wrapped up, and he got out of it? Yes. It he was getting like, every game. I mean, he's, he's 250 pounds. Like yeah. The guy's insane. So, yes, this was it, it, Alabama favored by 19 and a half here was absurd. Absolutely absurd. Uh, because of sandwich spot, right? Alabama's got Tennessee next week. They got, they were, I think they were in the second half trying to go vanilla uh, with the offense. But the issue is that they showed, yeah, they, they can run the ball when they want to. And then they went away from it. And they mm -hmm. started trying to get Milrow to throw the ball. And, I mean, sometimes he got it, sometimes he don't. So, very frustrating team. Um, but, man, that is that Alabama-Tennessee game next week is going to be weird to watch. Yeah, that, that, that is. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. I'm like, ah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what team I would trust there. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Arkansas was up six to nothing in the first quarter, and then Alabama just completely took over with the deep pass. Uh, Nye Black caught one. Kobe Prentice caught one. Um, just, they don't do the easy things, well, the basic things well. And so for everybody that is talking about Alabama, uh, you know, oh, they can still go to the SEC championship game and all they can still do, da 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 da, da. It's like, okay, they still have to play at Auburn, which – Yes, I admit, is not good, but they still have to play LSU. They still have to play Tennessee. Like, this team is just so incredibly undisciplined. And it's uh, it's really frustrating, really frustrating as a fan of the team. Uh, this this may be the last time you see me wear this shirt. So I got to make sure that I got to make sure I got it on the show today. So did you did you have a feeling on this game? Like, what 
What were your thoughts when you saw, all right, Alabama's up 24 to six, and then, oh, Alabama's up 24 21 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. That, like early on, like, okay, why is Arkansas like up first off? Like, okay, I understand Sam Pittman is kind of on the hot seat. We're going to play harder. Okay. Then Alabama goes back up. Okay. Okay. They decide to wake up. And then, whoa, 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 whoa. Arkansas fighting back. Like, oh, oh, they're not giving up. And it felt like Alabama just kind of, oh, we're just going to put on cruise. Took their foot off the gas. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're the better team. Like, Arkansas was fighting. I mean, they, they took their foot off the gas early, too. Yes. I mean, they just, did way too early. Like, you, you get up 24 points and it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I guess we're done here. It's like, no, no, no. Look at that. Three no. and out, three and out, three and out. And it led to the crazy part. The I told you about penalties and, and how mm-hmm. undisciplined this team is. I mean, that face mask uh, that led to the first touchdown there for Arkansas it should have never happened. It was on third down. The drive was done other than the face mask. And Arkansas capitalized on it. And then they come out and they take the next drive down the field and you can't stop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty irritating. So when it came down to it, at the end of at the end of the ball game, Alabama had nine plays for 28 yards and you know took all the air out of the ball. So we're able to get the win just by keeping the football. And that was that was good. That was good, I guess. But man, if you are an Alabama fan, you are incredibly frustrated right now. <laughs> Yeah, that just wasn't this lining up and just destroying the team across. Right? It, no, there was no domination there. No, there was none of that. Just irritating. Very irritating. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. All right. You ready to move into a rapid fire? Oh, let's go. Let's go. We'll pull up on the screen We'll move to the SEC and Georgia 37, Vandy 20. Uh, of course, we talked about Brock Bowers going out in this game, but that does not excuse Georgia's just lackadaisical, don't give a crap about anything play. Uh, Vandy scored first in this game and stayed in it. And in the fourth quarter, 
uh, put two touchdowns on the board, had a chance here. I mean, it was 30-20 to 20 with like eight minutes left in this ballgame. There was a chance that Vandy could have come in, and, and this Vanderbilt team is not good. They are so not good. And Georgia just didn't – I don't – I cannot explain this Georgia team. They had that one massive night game against Kentucky, who turns out might be a little fraudulent themselves. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Georgia is 7-0, and I don't think they have played a competent team yet. What What did you think about this one? Yeah, I was kind of kind of watching that one like, are they just, just are they are they just playing? Are they just playing around? Not taking it serious? We're, you know, we're number one. I know like, they got put, Florida in two weeks, but yeah. that's still. But like put, put Vanderbilt away. Like that's that's another game that you, you know, when you when you play, there's always a team that you're like, okay. This is the team we know we're just going to go in there and stomp. We're going to get to play our second and third stringers. Like you look forward to that like midseason game. And some teams look at Vanderbilt like that. Like we're going to go out. We're just going to smoke them. Do you think? Uh, so I like to compare teams to like prior teams, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so for me, example, Wyoming this year is uh, is twenty twenty one Northern Illinois, uh, a team that has no business winning games or staying in games uh, with the numbers that they put up. Uh, but like crazy, ridiculous things happen. This Georgia team feels very much like Jameis Winston's second team the year after, like I think it was 2014. Oh so the yeah. Year after they won the national title where they were supposed to beat everybody by a bajillion and they never did. If every game was had to come back or or just kind of played around with them, didn't do what they were supposed to do until late in the game. And they were undefeated in the regular season, mm-hmm. but every game was a struggle. Yeah. Like that's what this Georgia game or Georgia yeah. team feels like. I'd agree with that. It's like they just they don't get off to fast starts. They make crazy mistakes that they definitely shouldn't. Uh it's just just weird. All right. That, we've spent enough time on Georgia. Uh LSU 48 to 18 against Auburn. This LSU offense is ridiculous. Uh Daniels, 325 passing, three touchdowns, one pick. Logan Diggs, 18 carries, 97 yards. I mean, they were – LSU did what they were supposed to do against a Hugh Freeze team without a quarterback because that, that Auburn team is bad, 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 bad. Uh, did, you, did you get eyes on that one? Was there anything out of that one that uh, that you felt like needed to be discussed? No, I, I was – it was on one of the screens and watching. I'm like, man, they're, they're sticking it to it, so – no sense in, in spending too much time there. Yeah. Uh, Missouri. Just, yeah. Ooh, let's Ooh. talk Missouri. Uh, 38-21 in Lexington at night. Only the second win in the last nine seasons over Kentucky. Um, <laughs> what are they? Kentucky went up 14 to nothing yeah. in this game. Like, I just, I can't figure out to save my life uh, what happened. Because, I, like, I was watching it, but I just... I I don't know. I can't make any sense of it. Um, I'm trying to to zoom it in. I got to figure out how to do this on, on this screen so that people can see it better. Uh, but 38-21, Brady Cook, only 167 yards passing. Um, Ray Davis for Kentucky, 20 carries, 128 yards. At Missouri put up 18 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, just insane. You think Missouri's going to be ranked this this week? 
They should be. I mean, they were last yeah. week, and then they lose a heartbreaker to LSU, and you know, yeah, I would imagine they're probably going to be ranked. And I, I, I bet the, you know, what the rankings are out. We can go on and pull that up right quick. Uh, yeah. CFP, AP, whatever. We'll just pull it up on the screen. We'll just see what we. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> site can't be reached. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, we got new ones, and Washington is up to five. Penn State six, Oklahoma seven, Texas eight. Alabama, oh, Texas and Alabama are tied. Well, <laughs> Texas and Alabama both tied at number eight. Uh, North Carolina, who is undefeated, is behind both of those. Uh, Oregon back at eleven. Let's see, Missouri all the way up to twenty. Louisville oh. dropped to twenty-one. Air Force is in this week. Air Force and Tulane. I can wow. get down with that. Wow. All right, so uh, Utah and USC. Let's see, that's 16 and... Oh, there we go, 16 and 14. And then Alabama, Tennessee is 8 and 15. Yeah, so Missouri in at number 20. I can get down with that. Iowa. Iowa is ranked. Well, now, that's something. Uh, did you watch Florida and South Carolina yesterday? I was, see, I was just kind of keeping up with the highlights on that one. I, I thought that was the game of the day. And that was just back and forth, back and forth. Florida ends up winning 41 to 39. Um, at one point, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler started out like 10 of 10 passing and for like 145 yards, had three touchdowns, and the game was, or had two touchdowns, and the game was still tied 21 to 21. Like <laughs> 10 of 10 passing. For 145 and two touchdowns, and was still tied in the game because the defense was so bad. Uh, Graham Mertz, you know the Wisconsin transfer. Mm-hmm. Everybody has talked trash about that kid, but he had 423 yards passing and three touchdowns in his game. He is he is coming into his own in Gainesville. They have figured out how to use that kid. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver for Florida, the the guy that came over from Arizona State a couple of years ago, ten receptions, 166 with a touchdown. Just awesome route runner. Like it was. That that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, perfect game to go back and watch key plays on, because it was just haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. So that was that one was a lot of fun. A lot of fun on that. Did you? Uh, so you just got some of the highlights. Was there anybody yep. that stood out to you in that one? Nah, I was just watching it back and forth. And just, I mean, Spencer Rattler was it's kind of impressive awesome. to watch. But it's like, why why South Carolina? Like how how different would a team be if it wasn't South? I don't, I, I don't know no I'm, I'm with you i think they had the wrong offensive coordinator last year personally let's see uh well let's move to the big 10 uh michigan 52 to 7 over indiana not much to discuss there i mean they are just steamrolling everybody uh, ohio state uh i don't know how much that said about ohio state or if it just means that purdue is really really bad and i think it's a Kind of a combination of both. Like, I think Ohio mm-hmm. State's just all right. We're going to see more about them against Penn State this week. Oh, yeah. Um, which, speaking of Penn State, 63 to nothing over UMass. Uh, that was, I mean, good gracious. Nick Singleton had 15 carries for 79 yards, and Drew Aller had 162 yards passing and three touchdowns. Didn't have to do anything uh, to put up 63 points on this team. Uh, Rutgers came back against Michigan State. And it won that game 27 to 24. Rutgers now has five wins on the season. They are five and two. Hmm. And Michigan State still winless in the Big Ten, two and four so far on the season. 
Uh, yeah, Rutgers uh, looked like they were doing Rutgers things early. They were down 17 to six at the half. And yeah, 24 to six in the second half. They put up 21 points in the, uh, in the fourth quarter there. Not too shabby. Uh, Illinois upsets Maryland. Of course, Maryland goes and, and hangs in with Ohio State for a while last week. They were undefeated before going to Columbus. And Illinois looked like maybe one of the worst Power Five teams in the entire country. And of course, it would make perfect sense that Illinois find a way to win in College Park. I was surprised by that one. It just a goofy stuff happens in the sport, man. <laughs> like stuff that is so yeah. inexplainable. Like there, there's no number that you could in there's no way that you could have come up with Illinois winning that game other than well I mean it's Mike Loxley like you know Mike Loxley at Maryland like they, they throw up stinkers every now and then like that's it that's the only thing you can come up with ah just frustrating um Iowa you know I mean we, we got to talk about our boy here uh held Wisconsin to six points in Madison 15 to six here and this Iowa team may end up 11 and one this year and go into the big 10 title game, even though they cannot score to save their lives. It, this is just the most absurd. And I don't know if anybody that even wants to hear about this. Like I know we're wasting time on the podcast with it, but this schedule, they they've got Minnesota left who, of course, they get out to Minnesota. Like they could lose to any of these teams, but it is far more likely, knowing Kirk Ferentz's track record, that they will beat Minnesota at home. They will beat Northwestern at home. They will beat Rutgers at home. They will beat Illinois at home. And then they play at Nebraska, who will absolutely give them the ball game. Like, is there any team on there that scares you if you're Iowa? I can't see any. <laughs> I mean, just it's absurd. Iowa again, my rant against Iowa, like they do well through just, I don't know how, like they do get some players. I will say they do get some good players there. It's Phil Parker. It's the defense. The defense is the, the defense and special teams. Yeah. And, and yeah. they, and they get some at times favorable outcomes of stuff. And it's like, this is like the extreme right wing version of Beamer Ball, is what yeah. this. Is. <laughs> and it's, it's like we're gonna go no offense. We're, we're gonna see if we can lose yards on every play and still win a ball game. And then somehow they find a way to do it. Understand. Oh my god, my watches. <laughs> but it, but they'll do that, and so they'll they'll, they'll do they'll have this great year. This is what happens. They have this great year. Next year they'll be ranked like twelve. And they'll go into the toilet for some reason. So Iowa does best when the expectations are low. It's what it always yes. seems like to me. They do the best when the expectations are low. Yes. Yes. Very frustrating. M. Goboski said Iowa could be one game away in the Big Ten Championship from being a playoff team. Yeah, the issue is that one game is going to be against Penn State, who they've already lost 31 to nothing against, or Michigan, or Ohio yeah. State. They ain't beating either one of those teams. But – yeah. I mean, next year we start the 12-team playoff, and hey, who doesn't need a, an 11-2 and two Big Ten runner-up Iowa uh, making, it into the, making it into a 12-team playoff? Because that is surely what is going to happen. Uh, let's move to the Pac-12, and uh, we'll try and run through these pretty quick. 
because uh, there was, you know, there was some interesting stuff that went on in the Pac-12. Uh, let's see, UCLA and Oregon State, I know it was crazy. Uh, we talked a little bit about Stanford and Colorado. I don't know that we need to go too much further on that, but Ashton Daniels, the quarterback for Stanford, was awesome. Shadour Sanders in this game, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, couldn't make the plays when it mattered. UCLA and Oregon State is what I just brought up. Uh, the Beavers, 36-24, to 24, mm-hmm. and they made that. It, I'm telling you, man, these road games for these Pac-12 teams, Dante Moore, the quarterback for UCLA, it just looked like a deer in headlights in this game. And now it was rainy. I, I heard on the radio, by the way, Varsity Network, uh, I heard that this was the first road game the UCLA had played in the rain since 2016. That is insane to me. It's like it never rains out there. It doesn't. <laughs> when I went to grad school in California, my first semester, I never went to class on a day it rained. It never rained the first semester on a day I had class. And then when and it so did I, rain, I, it rained for a week straight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I think that the rain might have had something to do with this because it's like UCLA had never seen it before. Yeah. Um, and they, they get down 23 to 10 at the half. And that's basically it. I mean, they lose 36-24, DJ Uyunglele uh, against that uh, UCLA defense, who, which is actually legit. Uh, did pretty good. 266 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Carson Steele, I mean, they, they only ran Carson Steele, I think, five times in the first half. And they gave him 17 carries in the second half. By that point, it was too late. It's like, yeah, quit going with the quarterback here. Uh, Arizona, 44-6 to over Washington State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cam Ward hype train is is over. It has derailed. Uh, <laughs> when you only put up six points on Arizona, that's a that's a bit of an issue. Now I will tell you this: um, one Noah Fafita, the quarterback for Arizona, is is really really good. He's the guy that came in and took over for Jaden Delora. The other part of this is Washington State has like a ton of guys out, and my numbers said to take Washington State, but with with all the injuries that they had, it, you just didn't know what to do with it. And this was a cavalcade of mistakes for Washington State. So it, I don't think 44-6 to six is really indicative of exactly what happened here, but 44-6 to six is 44-6. to six. I mean, they, they got their brains beat in here. I'm surprised. This is the Arizona team that lost to Mississippi State in overtime. Yes. on the, and, and it's like... And should have won the damn USC game. Yeah. Oh. And it and it's and I'm and I'm thinking again. I'm a Mississippi State fan. Mississippi State couldn't beat Washington State. Definitely couldn't beat USC. And Arizona was. How did you get that? It makes no sense. It makes absolutely. It had to be the heat. It had to be the heat and humidity when they came to Mississippi. Got to be. Got to be like like Arizona doesn't have heat and humidity. Well, no, it doesn't have humidity. Oh, Not yeah, like it, it does back humidity. home. Doesn't have the humidity. <laughs> We at least have that in Mississippi. We have the humidity and the mosquitoes. Uh, Utah, 34 to 14 on California. Um, okay. Uh, the the Vaki kid, 15 carries, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Like, you, you sent – Cal sent another, you know, true freshman whatever quarterback, like first road start whatever, into Salt Lake City. This is on you. Like, I, you know. What what are we doing here? This uh this Mendoza kid, like 149 yards, two touchdowns, one pit. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, 
let's see. Let's move to the ACC. We'll at least hit the uh, the big conferences today, and we'll do these quickly. Uh, ACC is coming up on this one. I think I just clicked FBS. That's the problem with these. Yeah, I did. I did. Of course. Because everything is moving slow. So the ACC, North Carolina and Miami, we can start with that one. Um, pretty good showing by North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. Allowed Miami to stay in this a little longer than I thought they would. Uh, I mean, Miami had a 17-14 to 14 lead at the half. It, aside from that, I mean, North Carolina came out in the third quarter, put up three touchdowns. I mean, this was awesome, right? Tyler Van Dyke for uh, Miami had more passing yards than Drake May. Uh, but North Carolina got him a running back, this Hampton kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, 197 yards rushing on 24 carries, had one touchdown. Uh, yeah, you you got a thought on this one? Did you watch it last night? Oh, I did. I because uh, UNC got uh, Walker. Yeah, yeah, Silver. Yeah, so they got him back. back. Yeah, they got yep. him. I, I, I've just been really interested in watching UNC right now. So when yeah, they're when good. they're playing, I'm just like, I'm just kind of interested in watching them. So I watch their games and. They look, yeah, they look pretty good. I don't yeah. think they're again. I don't think they're top five in that, but but you never know if they hang yeah. around undefeated long enough. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Florida State. Speaking of top five, the number four team in the AP poll, Florida State forty-one to three over Syracuse. This Syracuse team is done. They have no depth, and once they lost a bunch of guys, it's over. Like it, Florida State did whatever they wanted to in this ball game. It was no issue. No issue, and that's rough when you start what five and zero, oh, yeah, and, and then oh. you just oh yeah four because yeah. they had um, Clemson, Clemson, and then North Carolina last week, and then yeah. Florida State this week. <laughs> that's hard. That's a rough schedule too. Rough schedule. Uh, Louisville knocked out Notre yeah. Dame last week. Looked like <laughs> world beaters, and then they go to Pitt, who was one and four on the season, and Pitt was starting a brand new quarterback tonight, and Louisville got. Steamrolled. This was they the did. Pat Narduzzi sped the Nard Dog special. That's what we got here. I, did you watch this one? I had it on, and I was I had like, it on too. What, "What? What? Is this a replay? Like, well, it's because it was on the CW. So, <laughs> I it, I couldn't believe it. It was very interesting. Uh, just." You you knew that Narduzzi was going to have one of these games for Pitt. But, man, uh did not expect it here. I thought that Brom and the coaching staff were going to be a little bit more prepared, a little bit better, and they just were not. And Pitt showed up in a big way. Uh, NC State got humiliated by Duke. Um, I I thought NC State was going to have a shot to come out and win that ball game. And MJ Morris, I swear to God, these Apple watches. Uh, MJ Morris. It just, ugh. and Duke, like the the Waters kid, had 13 carries for 123 yards and one touchdown on this NC State defense. I, I don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of them. Uh, Wake Forest turns out they're they're kind of bad whenever they don't have a quarterback, and it looks like they don't have one, so they got beat 30 to 13. Uh, was were there any of these ACC games that really kind of piqued your interest here? No, I mean, outside of North Carolina and watching Florida State, just it seems like Florida State finally woke up early in the season. Like, eh, okay, they're messing around, whatever, you know, the Clemson game. And, and now it's like, no, we're, we're going to stick. We're going to stick them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
I'm with you. Uh, we'll move to the Big 12 right quick. And Thursday night. Did you watch Houston and West Virginia? Oh, it was on at the gym. Oh, man. Couldn't believe the, it. I, I feel so bad for all of the West Virginia betters. <laughs> that was uh, the most ridiculous fourth quarter that I that I can remember in quite and and don't get me wrong, like Colorado State last night, that was ridiculous. They were down thirty to ten with like four and a half minutes left, uh, and came back and won the ball game. That was ridiculous. But this was forty two combined points here, and Dana Holgerson looked like he was ready to vomit on the on the sideline after that West Virginia touchdown with like twelve seconds left, and and then they hit a hail mary. I mean, it just. 41-39 Houston was like the perfect ending for that one. That's that's what that felt like. Uh what what were your did you see like the majority of that fourth quarter? Like what all was going on? Oh, it was crazy. I mean, I could I mean I thought like, okay, again, I was thinking what you said about last time, like, oh, West Virginia doing really well. Houston, Houston's fighting. Yes. Man. And in some of these games, Houston has not fought. And yeah. <laughs> just insane to watch. Oklahoma State 39 to 32 over Kansas. Uh, okay. So I guess Gundy figured it out because that team was putrid yeah. earlier. And now they're sitting at four and two. Like th- this Oklahoma State team is four and two with a 33 to seven home loss to South Alabama. There are things in this sport that will never make any sense ever. Uh, but this kid for Oklahoma State that's running the ball, uh, the Gordon kid. 29 carries, 168 yards, one touchdown, and he caught six passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. Like, he's he's basically everything for him. So, pretty awesome. Uh, Cincinnati is bad. Like, they're they're bad, bad. 30-10 uh, loss. Did you see the uniforms, the Iowa State uniforms? The You talking about the ones from the TCU game last week? No, no, no. Apparently, I think the Iowa State, the, the ones that, that are like, like flesh-colored, Oh yeah, no, that was against TCU. Oh, so, okay, okay, I was all yeah, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, it was on. the Jack Trice uh, legacy game. Oh yeah, the my ones gosh! Where everybody, my like, oh, me oh, 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 never mind, never mind. <laughs> where it looks like they're they're nude out, out yeah. there playing like you got the- oh whoa that's a new strategy. <laughs> oh, it's bananas. Uh, yeah, so Iowa State wins thirty to ten uh, at Cincinnati. BYU gets humiliated uh, at TCU and. I've talked about this before. There was a Reddit thread about BYU being vampires. BYU is now 12 and 11 straight up in their last 23 games that occurred during the day. They are 21 and 0 in games that happen at night. So BYU are, in fact, vampires. Uh, but this is the one I was telling you about the, the Josh Hoover kid. Like 439 yards passing, four touchdowns, two interceptions. TCU looked awesome. Like probably should have been playing this kid all year. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Um, Texas Tech lost uh, another quarterback, so they're down to their third string guy, and he threw three interceptions, and they got beat at home by Kansas State, thirty-eight to twenty-one. So, it is what it is for uh, for the Big Twelve. Uh, were there any other games that kind of stood out to you? Like I know in the Sun Belt. Um, well, here let's let's do AAC right quick. Uh, Memphis and Tulane. Did you watch that one on Friday night? Oh, I had it on. I watched a little bit of it. So Memphis, like their offense got rolling. They were up 21 uh, to 10 at one point, I believe. And and then Tulane got their offense rolling. 
mm-hmm. Tulane ends up winning 31-21. Uh, this Memphis team, man, like th- this ain't Mike Norvell's Memphis team. <laughs> they are they are very frustrating. Uh, Temple in North Texas. Temple, you know how I was telling you about uh, you know teams not letting the public know when a quarterback is out. Mm-hmm. Temple is one of those because they just they never released anything. They never said anything. EJ Warner just didn't even warm up. Like, he didn't even get hurt in the last game, it didn't seem like. But there was no news on this, and he just didn't even, like, he wasn't out there for warm-ups. He didn't play in the game. Quincy Patterson was the quarterback for Temple, and they got destroyed by North Texas. Uh, Just, yeah, I I hate when (laughs) there's, like, no information on something like that. Uh, But we had it with Utah last year with Cam Rising against uh, Washington State. So, it's going to happen, I suppose. Navy did well. Uh, at Charlotte, like looked all right. Navy's got Air Force next week. Uh, Florida Atlantic. Did I? Were Were you and I talking about this when I said Florida Atlantic might actually be better off with Casey Thompson going out because they would have to go with Daniel Richardson, the uh, the quarterback from Central Michigan, as I their transfer. Don't remember that. So he had three hundred eighty two yards passing with three touchdowns and one pick and was awesome. So FAU just humiliated South Florida. It was it was great. Mm. So either way, either way, I think uh I think that's about all we need to hit today. We've gone a little bit over. So let's uh what do you say we're gonna get out of here? That Anything works. else you feel like uh we need to discuss before we before we head on out? Mm. No, not really. No. Another good weekend of football. It, it's I think the transfer portal has been a very interesting thing. It, it definitely it, is. It, 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 just some of these teams coming out and these guys, it's. There's a lot more parity. Yes. And, and, and I feel like a lot more, it brought up a lot of teams. You just don't have these like super dominant teams. Oh, and it's, there's, it's it, other than Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Michigan right now. I, I really hope Michigan keeps this up through the playoffs. Oh, it'd be awesome. I, I don't like when a team it, when they if they have like a rough championship game and then they get to the playoff and it's not it's not that team that was playing in September October I want to see that team playing here I don't want to see this team playing I, I want to see that team that we were seeing all year playing yes. and to really show out on it so I'd be good with that yeah I'd be and good it, with that the it, twelve team for them to move it up a little bit I think I'd be totally fine with that yeah totally I, and fine. I. And I am interested again about Oklahoma coming, working their way up, and is Penn State going to do something? Oh, next week I, we I, find out. Yeah, I I kind of feel like maybe they're kind of flying under the radar a tad, tad bit. Like we're aware of them, but are we really aware of them? I'm excited about that ball. Game. Yeah, and it's yeah. a noon game, so it'll be over with, and I don't have to wait around too long. Like perfect, perfect. So that one at noon, Alabama, Tennessee at two thirty. I don't even know what the night slate is. I think Florida State and Duke is the, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one I think got the ABC game, and Miami Clemson got the ACC network. Change into the guard, change into the guard. Yeah. All right. See, Tell everybody where they can find you, my friend. So strong and healthy rehab, YouTube, Instagram, um, the TikTok stuff. 
doing all the dances like the kid. No, I don't do the dances. But you can find me on all there. Any any kind of stuff for your health, or if you want to talk about, hey, what's up with these injuries and whatnot, chat with you about that. I like it. I like it. Of course, you can find me at Winning Cures on Twitter. I'm at Gary WCE on Instagram and on TikTok. And what else? Oh, the Bet US College Football Show every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Three Dog Thursday is TJ Reeves. He will be here on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Of course, my uh, my picks show, my preview, whatever show, uh, that will be out on Thursdays as well, Thursday morning uh, or maybe around noon, depending on when the baby is uh, going to allow me to do that. And uh, and yeah, from there, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash cures or telegram t.me slash garywce. With that said, I think it's time for us to get out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Of course, God bless college football. And uh, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.